warfare. I had rather be a doorkeeper in your house than to dwell in tents of wickedness, O oh God, for you are a son and a shield. Oh God, no good thing would you withhold from them which walk upright before you. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. You're like the fragrance after the rain, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost fire, burn in us. Burn in us, oh God. Cleanse us. Make us new, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy, Lord. You're so worthy. Sweep over my soul, oh God. My soul is at rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete while I kneel at your feet. Sweet Spirit, Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweet Spirit. Sweep over my soul. My rest is complete while I kneel at your feet. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweep my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete while I sit at your feet, sweet spirit. Sweep over my soul. Oh, God, sweep over us again. My rest is complete in you, oh, God. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God, this closes, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me, I am his own, 
and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. He speaks in the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and God talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I stay in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling, but he bids me go through the voice of woe, his voice to me is calling, and he walks with me, and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known oh thank you Jesus Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your glorious name. Praise is unto you, Almighty Father. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord our God. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. He is so good. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. We want to get right into our lesson. Amen. We're still talking about this better sacrifice. Amen. That uh, the Bible tells us about. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Amen. A better sacrifice. Amen. Out of all the sacrifices that could be given, none compared to Jesus Christ. Amen. What he has done for us. Amen. And once we uh, get into his word and study his word and see how good God truly is, you know, it draws us. It causes us to, as the song said, falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever done. Amen. And because of that one sacrifice, he perfected so many different things for us. Amen. And I can't get Ephesians 2 out of my mind, you know, to, that, you know, we was without Christ. We had no hope in this world, but God made a way. Amen. So tonight we want to look a, a little bit on page four. I want to look a little bit and we'll probably be back and forth as always. Talk about his sacrifice was a better offering for us. For us, amen. And that's the, the key and the crux of this whole letter. Uh, I mean, it's lesson is how God prepared for us. So why was this sacrifice so much better? Why for us? Why? And we go back, you know, we was without God. We And God, you know, he's no respecter of persons. And so 
you know, he wanted to bring us together. And so, number one, the Bible tells us that this sacrifice broke down the middle wall of partition between us. Amen. It broke down the wall that was between us. Let's look at Ephesians 2. Again, we'll pick up at verse 12. Ephesians 2, or pick up verse 12, and we'll read down uh, through verse 18. I might get a little bit side myself here, but that's okay. And number verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Amen. Having no hope and without God in the world. Can you imagine? You know, I don't think we, we understand the magnitude of this scripture. No hope. None of the promises was for us, and we was without God. You know, think about it. Romans 8 9 tell us if any man has not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. Right? So you see now the value of needing the Holy Ghost. See? So it, it drew us, is, is what this thing is trying to get us to see here. This Paul is trying to, to to focus us to get us to realize the value of what God really did for us, and that's his whole premise of all his letters to the church: is don't forget what God has done for you. Don't ever let that go away. Whatever, hold on to to realize what Calvary really meant to us. See, a lot of people let it go. You know, they start out, but then they let it go. We need to always keep that at the forefront of our mind of what Calvary really meant to us. The old old folks, you know, uh, the old Christians, should I say not old folks, but the old Christians really sung a lot about Calvary. You know, they, they, they talked about the blood of Christ. They talked about the love of God and, and, and what it really meant to them. And they, you know, as the, the writer of Hebrews 11 says, they haven't seen those promises. They, uh, was persuaded by them and they embraced them and, and they declared to themselves to be strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Why? Because they was looking for a city which had foundation, whose builder and maker was God. And that's the thing. We should have that same focus. We're looking for that city. Amen. We read about that city in the book of Revelation. They have 12 foundations, and uh, and the foundations have the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb on them. We're looking for that city, too, and that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. And so we need to embrace these promises uh, because God says, I'm going to prepare a place, and I'll come again and receive you to uh, myself. I, I, I hope we realize that we're not just doing this for the fun of it. <laughs> we're going to a better place. Amen. Praise God. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes were far off are now made nigh by the blood of Christ. Verse 14. For he is our peace who have made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Paul here is, is referring to the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember, Gentiles were separated from the Jews. They couldn't be together. But the blood of Christ, Jesus died that he could bring them into one. Amen. That's why you're either in the church or you're not in the church. Amen. So he, he broke down that middle wall. The division. Say, keep that in mind. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity or the division, even the law of commandments contained in ordinance for to make in himself of twain one new man. Jews, Gentiles, we come together. We become one in him. Amen. No matter if you're a Jew or you're a Greek, you, you, when you are baptized in Christ, you become one in him. Amen. Praise God. This is what Paul, uh, right into the church at Galatia, says, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed. And you're heirs now, according to the promise. So 
to make one new man so making peace. He's, it brings peace. Amen. Within us, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave it to you. And that he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were nigh. But through him we both have, now what? Access by the Spirit unto the Father. Amen. We have access. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and obtain help in the time of need. See, we have excess. That's why Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And not only so, but we have what? Access unto God. See, I was without God. Remember Ephesians 2. But now I have access. I can come boldly. See, through Jesus Christ. He's made a way, amen, by his death, burial, and resurrection to open the door for me to come to the throne. And remember we studied about the bed the high the priesthood before only the high priest could go to the mercy seat. Amen. But but he had to go with blood, but it still couldn't take away his sin compared to the conscious. But now we can go boldly, amen, to the throne of grace. So through him we have access, amen, unto God. For Amen. Now, therefore, you are no more what? Strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. Amen. We're, we're, we're citizens. <laughs> Amen. We hear a lot in the news about immigration, don't we? <laughs> Think about it. No, I'm a citizen. That's right. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> Amen. Think about it. See, we was, we had to do it right. Thank you. You know, I, I just couldn't sneak in. I think Jesus talks about that. The God has snuck in and he says, how did you get in here? You know, bind him and take him out, right? I think, my goodness, I have to preach immigration. <laughs> but think about it. See, we had to do it right to get in. Amen. I just couldn't shake your hand and say I'm coming in. I had to be born in here to be a citizen of heaven. Man. I might preach this. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So we're fellow citizens with the house of God. This is what Paul says in Ephesians again. He says the whole family in heaven and earth is named by that name of Jesus Christ. Say the body of Christ, one body. There's not three bodies, four bodies, it's just one body. And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Remember what David wrote in the Psalms, in Psalms 118 and also 113, that the stone which what? The builders refuse is become the headstone of the corner. He said, this is the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. We are built upon this foundation now, and whom all the building fit framely together, growing up into a holy temple in the Lord. This is what Paul would later write to the church at Corinth. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which is Christ's. Amen. And whom ye also are built together for habitation of God through the Spirit. Amen. So this this sacrifice, it broke down the wall, see, that was between us and the Jews, amen, to make one body, one church, amen. There's not three, four, five, six, seven churches. There's one church. Either you're in it or you're not. So it broke down that wall, amen. Number two, this sacrifice did away to destroy racism. Think about it. Amen. There should be no division or schism in the body. Amen. Notice 
James says in James 2.89, amen, if we fulfill the royal law, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, what? You do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and convinced of the law as a transgressor or a sinner. See, and the ways of a transgressor is what? It's hard. Say, when we become born again of the water and the spirit, say, it breaks those walls down. There is no race in God's church. Say, we become one. See, the blood covers us all. You know, and this is what Paul is trying to get us to see and what Christ was trying to get us to see. You remember in Acts 10, let's look at Acts 10. Amen. Where, where Cornelius, which was a Gentile, Acts chapter 10, the scripture you guys love to use so much. <laughs> Amen. There was a certain man of Caesarea named Cornelius, a satirian of the band called the Italian band. Amen. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to God, to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and said to him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy arms have come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtst to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. And we know if you keep reading, Peter goes up on the roof. He's hungry, but he falls into a trance. He sees a sheet let down with all kinds of unclean animals. And the spirit says to him, rise, Peter, slay and eat. He says, not so, Lord. I've never touched anything uncommon and unclean. Amen. And so as we continue to read through here, we see that in verse 15, the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God has cleansed, that call no, not thou common. Amen. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again unto heaven. And while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, he held, behold, the men which were sent by Cornelius had made inquiry, inquiry for Simon's house, and stood before the gate, and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was large in there. Jump down now uh, to verse uh, 25. And as Peter was come to Cornelius, met him, and fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter took him by the took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself also am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God have showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for you, I asked, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me. And we know Cornelius uh, tells him what, what transpired. Now, verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So we can see that this sacrifice of Jesus Christ not only broke down the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Greeks, it broke down prejudice. It broke down things that should not be. See, and that's why I try to tell people all the time, you know, a lot of people when you you hear a lot about Martin Luther King and his, and his uh, uh, speeches, a lot of people misses what he's doing. He's a Baptist preacher. So all he's doing is quoting scriptures. 
the majority of his messages, you have to listen careful because he's quoting scriptures and he's trying to get the people of America to see that if you say you're a Christian, that you're going to have to bring the wall down. That's why he said every valley shall be exalted and every mountain shall be brought down. In other words, he's saying you got to get on the level playing field if you say that you are a nation built upon God. Say, that's what the whole premise is, was it all about. It wasn't about teaching division, you know. That's why he said, I look for the day that my children would be able to walk down the street and hold hands with the white children and everything else because the scriptures was, he was letting them know what the scriptures was saying. And that's the way the church has to be. A church cannot be divided. You know, we, we are one in him. We have to love as brethren. We have to love as sistren. Amen. So it broke down this wall. And this is what Peter, he says, man, Lord, I never touch anything uncommon and unclean. God says, okay, Peter, you know, let me show you a trick with a hole in it here. You know, don't ever call anything common and unclean that I have clean. Okay. So we have to realize that God brought this change in. They was to be separated before, but he broke that wall down. See, look at First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, amen, love and salvation should inspire us to do, you know, the word of God. Verse 4, chapter 4, verse 7, First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin or the atonement or the reconciliation. Amen. Here for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Amen. So he sent his son to be that atonement for us. Amen. And we know that the atonement was designed to bring us into that relationship with God. See, that's why when you look at Exodus 12, when the children of Israel was coming out of, out of Egypt, out of Egypt, notice they had to take on the tenth day a lamb or a goat from the, from the group, amen, and they had to take the blood and put it on the doorpost. They was to take it when? The 10th, and they was to keep it to the 14th. The 14th was the Day of Atonement, see? And so, and as a result, if I was a betting man, I would probably say Jesus was taken probably somewhere on the 10th and was crucified on the 14th because he was the lamb. See, in the Jewish day, they don't look at it the way we do. The evening and the morning is a day. See? So if they'd have took him on the evening of the 10th, you know, the evening of the 11th is a day, the evening of the 12th is a day, the evening because it was, it's, history says he died, they crucified him in the evening, right? Or somewhere in there. <laughs> you know, he died in the evening, that's right. You know, they took him, they crucified him that morning, he died that evening. So it would probably be somewhere around that, the, the, that morning of the 14th, where they killed him. See? So the atonement. So he was our propitiation or, or, or that sacrifice or that satis- that which satisfied for wrong done or, or injury done. You know, if, if I hurt Brother Wayne and I says, okay, I'm going to make uh, atonement or uh, reparation or a peace, uh, propitiation for you, and I pay him, then that celebrate that sells the con- the consequence, right? See, we sinned. Jesus was the payment. See, and so now, Amen. We can live. It kept it kept in that relationship. That's why when you look at the Old Testament, they, the ceremonial laws. 
they had to bring certain animals or birds or whatever for their sin. See? And that what was the design to do? To keep them in a relationship with God, the Bible says, until they came to Christ. Till Christ came. See? That's why every year it's just rolled forth, rolled forth. To keep them in that relationship with God. To let them know God was watching. Say, God is observing. So he's giving you a way to, to stay in the relationship with him. Say, and so when Christ came, that's why the Bible says in Galatians 4, 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made under the law, amen, to redeem them that was under the law. Now why? So that we could become sons. Say, when the fullness of time come, Jesus showed up. Amen. They knew he was coming, you know, to take care of what he had promised. Because the prophets was constantly talking. Isaiah constantly, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Come with singing unto Zion. Amen. You know, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be ye lifted your everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Amen. So it, this world was broken down, amen, by Jesus Christ's one sacrifice to break away and do away with divisions and racism and all these things to be taken away, amen. And we have the examples showing, shown to us, amen, because God wants us to stand in relationship with him. We've been brought out of darkness to the marvelous light. And this is why Peter says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. This sacrifice, as I just said, it redeemed us from our sins. Amen. It redeemed us from our sins. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Paul says here, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Amen. To deliver us. Amen. From what? This present evil world. Man, that's some tough language. It is evil. Paul told the church through Timothy, he said, this do also in the last days, right? Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7, he said, this do also in the last days, that perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Proud, blasphemous, disobedient appearance, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breaks, incontinence, virus, haters of those that are good, traitors, heady, high miners, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power of death from such, turn away. For this sort of the day that creep in the house and lead captive silly women, laden with sin, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. Amen. See, so therefore, we have to realize that God came to forgive us of our sins. This is why when you read in the New Testament, it's constantly beating you up. Don't sin. <laughs> See, it's not beating you up. He's trying to show you love. Right? That's what he's saying. Look, God loves you. He forgave you. You know, he was the perpetuation. He was the sacrifice for your sins. See, so now you must purpose in your heart to love this sacrifice, to be excited that you are now God's. See, think about it. You've got a heavenly father that really, really, really loved you. And so now we have to do everything in our power to make sure that we love him back. And the way we do that is we purpose in our hearts not to sin. This is what Paul says in Romans 6. He says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, no, God forbid. No, you're not. There's so many of us as what? Was baptized into his name and baptized in Christ. We're baptized what? Into his death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, 
we should walk in newness of life, or we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we should be in the likeness of his resurrection. See, the old man is dead now. See? That's why Romans chapter 6 is such a powerful, powerful scriptures, uh, our, our chapter. When you look at the book of Romans is, you know, Paul is trying to get them to see. And you hear most people say the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's true. See? Because he made that way for us. And so therefore, we should do everything not to sin, but to live according to the word of God. See, he redeemed me, so I don't want to go back. It's kind of like the judge, you know, when he released the guy from prison. Sometimes he says, I don't want to see you back here again. See? Basically what he's saying, now go do right. Kind of like when the guy asked Jesus who was his neighbor. And he told the story about the Good Samaritan. And then he turns and says, well, now who was his neighbor? And the guy says, well, I guess the guy that did right. He said, right. Now go and do likewise. See, we have to, we have to purpose. Amen. We, we want to live our lives according to his word. Think about what he did for you. Amen. He didn't have to do it. But he did. For God so loved the world. Sometimes I don't think that scripture impacts people the way it should. People quote it. You see them holding up signs. But you don't see them applying it. See? This is why James gets on us a little bit. You know, when he says, you got to be the doers of the word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourself. He says, for if a man be a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man that behold his natural face in the glass and then go away and forget what manner of man he was. But if he look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein and be not a forgetful hearer but doer, what's going to happen? He's going to be blessed. See? This is why David says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters that shall bring forth his fruit and his season and whatsoever he doeth, he shall prosper. See, we should bring forth his fruit to everything, Solomon said. There's what? A time and a season for every purpose under heaven. So we want to bring forth his fruit and his season. See? So I want to, I want to get into this thing because he redeemed us from my sin. So I don't want to carry around sin. You know, that's why some people says, put the devil out. <laughs> Tell him to take his bags too, you know. Purpose in your heart. You know, I don't want to do those things anymore. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are All things become new. Amen. So he, he, he took our sins away. He redeems us. From our sins. First John 3, 5. 1 John 3, 5. Yeah. John, right in here, he says, For we know that he was manifest to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Think about it. He was manifested. Amen. First John chapter three, verse five. He was manifested to take away our sins. And without controversy, <laughs> great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, saint of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, see back up in the glory. You know why? Because can't nobody forgive sin but God. <laughs> see? So he was manifested to take away our sins. If you were to go back to chapter 1 of 1 John 1, 
John says, that which worked from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have looked upon in our hands, the hand of the word of life, for the word was what life was what? Manifested. See? And we have seen it and bear witness and showing to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. See, so he was manifested, amen, to take away our sin. Because man can't forgive sins. That's why Hebrews, when you study the book of Hebrews, is saying those priests could not take away sins. Amen. The blood of bulls and goats could not do it. It took the Lamb of God. That's why Abraham says, Isaac says, hey, Dad, here's the wood and here's the fire, you know, but uh, we're missing something. Uh, we're going up here to do a burnt offering. <laughs> I don't see no, no sacrifice. You know, where's the lamb for the sacrifice, for the offering? Every saw my son, God will provide himself a lamb. God will become the lamb for us. That's why when Jesus is coming, John the Baptist says in John 1, 29, Behold, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the whole world. Amen. Praise God. He came to redeem, amen, our us from our sins. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh my, where did time go? <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. Summer verse 1. For the law having the shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifice which they offer year by year continue to make the comer thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Notice what he says. If those offers could have made you perfect, you would not need to stop them. See? But there's a remembrance of those things. See? Because the worshiper once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. For in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And burn offerings and sacrifice for sin. Thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he says sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings for sin. Thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then shall said he, lo, I come in to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We are sanctified. That's what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He says, you are what? Sanctified. You are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. See? Think about it. He got rid of those sins for us. Man, what a Savior, the songwriter says. Oh, what a Savior. Amen. To take it away from us, to redeem us. And because he has removed our sins for us, this sacrifice also brings us unto perfection. See, that's why Paul said, let's go on to perfection. Come on, let's go to Jesus. (laughs) He's perfect. See, he's complete. So when we are born again, he says, hey, let's go to Jesus now. Let's live for Jesus. See, that's what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. See, so get close to God. You know, you're in the blood. He's covered you. He's gotten rid of your sins for you. Now, move on to perfection. Where? We're going to heaven. Where we'll be complete and perfect forever and ever. Amen. To be with Him. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and rights and scriptures and righteousness that the man of God should what? 
be perfect, early furnished unto all good works. See, the Word is designed to make us perfect, get us complete. It's, it's designed to take us to heaven. This is what Peter says. If you add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make that you would need to be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he that liketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather brethren give you all diligence to do what? Make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, but so in entrance. Verse 11 of Second Peter 1, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 11. An entrance right into heaven. Right into perfection. See, that's why we have to do the word. <laughs> because he's given us the road map now to get us there. To that perfection. Ephesians 4.11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. For what? Perfect the saints. The work for the ministry. The edifying the body of Christ. Until we all come into the unity of the faith. Unto the a perfect man. The Son of God. Knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. Notice. The perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There would be no more children tossed to and fro and cared about with every wind of doctrine. Mark the perfect man, the Bible says. For the end of that man is what? There it is. So mark Jesus. (laughs) Amen. Job was a perfect man. Daniel was a perfect man. Amen. Think about it. Mark these guys. What did they do? Let them be your example. Here, Abraham, father of the faithful, faithful, Daniel, a man of prayer. You know, mark these guys. See? Because they're in is what? Peace. See? And so God is, it, 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 this sacrifice is designed to bring us to that perfective state. Amen. We're not perfect completely yet, but what are we going to do? We have to move that way. If I don't set my mind on heavenly things, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back the other direction. This is why Paul says in Colossians 3, notice what he says. He said, if you then didn't risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Colossians chapter 3. Let me get there real quick. We'll read this real quick here. Amen. He says, If you then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For why? You're dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember? I tell you, we're dead. Dead people ain't got no business complaining and murmuring. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> We're going. <laughs> We're rising. Amen. You're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Mortified therefore upon the members of which is upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God coming on the children of disobedience, and the which you also walk sometimes, notice sometimes you did, when you lived in them, this was before BC, okay, but now, you also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of thy mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision, 
or uncircumcision, barbarians, Scythians, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humil- humbleness of mind or humility, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a qual against any, even as Christ forgave you, so do ye. Above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Put on charity. Why? Because God is love. And God is perfect. It binds us to him. We do these things. Amen. Because we're moving to perfection. And so this sacrifice, it brings us to perfection. We was without God. We had no hope. We was hopeless. But God wants to make us what? Complete. Colossians 2, 8, 9. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. Amen. We want to be wrapped up, tangled up, tied up in Jesus. Amen. You want to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's got to be about him. Oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto his death. Oh, if that isn't love, why did he do it? Amen. So it brings us to this perfective state. Amen. Because he wants us to be perfect. And complete in him here so that we will be perfect and complete there. Amen. So we can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of the Lord, which is prepared for you. Man, I didn't even get through half my notes. Oh, well, we got one more week. So we'll finish them next week. And I'll go back and scratch up all the other notes and see where we go from there. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Good stuff. Amen. Better sacrifice, man. It's good. Amen. Don't forget in ways of announcements this week. Amen. Next Sunday, leadership training. Prayer for this Friday. Thank you, sir. A prayer of 1800 for you military types, 600 for you civilians. <laughs> 6 p.m. Amen. Church unity prayer tomorrow. Ladies, gals, godly and lovely servants, tomorrow night, amen, at 6 o'clock also, amen, come, ladies, join together, so prayer Friday night at 6, Sunday morning, 8.15, right, leadership training, that's what time we usually start, I think it is, <laughs> amen, leadership training, and then we have discipleship, prayer, and service, amen, we're getting geared up, amen, keep praying, our camp that's going on, youth, junior camp has been going on. They've been having people, being, kids receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're excited about that. Junior camp is this coming week. Amen. So pray for all the folks that will be heading to that. And then after that, we have family camp. Amen. On that 4th of July, there will be no midweek Bible study here because we want everybody to come camp if you can amen we will be honoring that day we're calling it uh brother